thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad to have you with us today for Jesus the Heater. Welcome. We're all hungry for the Word. And I have a precious studio audience here. And uh, they're here to receive. And we're here to hear, to learn, so that we can be better doers. Amen. We've been taking time over the last, really, there's quite a few episodes we have now teaching on our authority, our dominion in Christ, and it is so far-reaching. Yes. And really, we can only just scratch the surface of these things, but we, we, we intend to stir some things up in you so that you can go further, amen, in what belongs to you in Christ. It's not about us getting God to do something for us. It's about us learning what He's already done. Yes and becoming skillful with what he's already made ours and already provided for us in Christ. Amen. We've been taking for our golden text, Psalm chapter eight in verse four. So we want to again read that today. It reads, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. And the word in Hebrew there is not for angels. It's the word Elohim. So it's been translated wrong. The word Elohim is for God. So it should read, for thou hast made man a little lower than God himself. You say, can that be possible? Yes, we're created in his image. Amen. And God has, has crowned man with glory and honor. He has made him to have dominion over the works of his hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. So we've been focusing on this phrase that God made man to have dominion. We're made for it. It fits us. It suits us. It's the flow God authored for us. Not so we can dominate people and tell them how to, what to do with their lives. Uh, it's so we can dominate the circumstances that come against us, yes, right. that we can rule and reign in the domain of our own life, yes. that we can live as free as he made us. Yes. Amen. Amen. So we have to learn that if we're not going to dominate, we're going to end up being dominated. Yeah, that's and that's not what God authored for us. Amen. 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 Um, it is a daily consistent exercise of our dominion and authority that causes us to reach the highest flow of what, of of what this flow of authority will mean in our lives. We'll produce great amounts of fruit if we will be consistent in the exercise of our dominion, not laying it down for several months. And then when things aren't bearable anymore, 
then we pick up our authority and yeah. start dealing with things. It's just easier, yeah. as, as we learn this, just easier at, at its very onset. No, you don't. Yeah. No, you don't. And I'm not talking about being demon conscious right. because right. The, the person who's, vi- who's in the victory seat doesn't have to live uh, opposition yeah. conscious, yeah. but we are watchful. Yes. Yes. What are we watching for? We're watching to make sure that the promises of God are fulfilled in our life. And anything that threatens the fulfillment of that promise, we say, no, you don't. Amen. Um, We were also looking at a verse that is a, I tell you, it's a fun, fun verse. (laughs) Amen. And we want to look at it again. We're just going to touch on it, not spend as much time as we have in the previous episodes on it. But 2 Corinthians chapter 2. In verse 14, the King James translation, it reads, Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ. Listen, I love this, how how inclusive this word always. No time is excluded from that word. No, No circumstance is excluded from that word. And notice that it says, it's God which always causes us to triumph. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. Our, our victory is as sure as him. Yes. Yes. And so it says, God which always causeth us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish. Now, I want to read the different translation, the Coney Bear translation. And it reads this way, But thanks be to God who leads me on from place to place in the train of His triumph. Amen. We're not just in in any any line. We're in the victory line. Amen. Our our lineage of faith that we are in, it's a victory lineage. Amen. Amen. And God leads us from place to place in the train of his triumph, meaning any time we show up at any place, any place of our life, we brought our victory with us. We don't have to wait for that place to offer us victory. We brought our victory with us. Now, how do we activate our victory in that place? The next phrase tells us to celebrate, to celebrate his victory over the enemies of Christ. Now, this is not talking about people. This is demons that may influence people, but demons are behind it. And so we can celebrate his victory over the enemies of Christ, meaning we don't have to win. We don't have to win. Jesus already won it. Listen, we're, we're not capable. We're no match for the devil, but the devil's been completely defeated by Jesus. Jesus handed us that victory and we're just celebrating our way into it. We're celebrating, we're celebrating and that brings the manifestation of victory in our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you know uh, an expression of that celebration is rejoicing, yes. praising, yes. thanksgiving, yes. showing gratitude? Uh, have you ever watched a sports event and the winners walk off and they go, mm. <laughs> they're not sad, they're not dejected. No. No. They are celebrating yes. their victory. Why? Because it was a hard-won victory, yes. especially yes. when it's a professional team or something. It's a hard-won victory. Well, Jesus did the hard-won. Yes. He did the hard-won victory for us, and now we, he just left us the celebration, the party of this thing. Amen. 
Well, uh, we shouldn't have, we shouldn't be in any place of our life having anything but victory. Amen. Uh, the reason though, many people don't experience the kind of life I'm talking about is, well, we've got to learn for one thing. We've got to see what the word shows us. We've got to learn what's ours in Christ. And as we learn it, we have to do it. And as we do it, we become skillful with what's ours in Christ. So those who know what's theirs, those who do what belongs to them in Christ, those are the ones who celebrate the most. Amen. A renewed mind, when we renew our minds with the Word of God, that leads us to celebrate when others wouldn't. Because others think there's nothing to celebrate. Well, maybe not in the natural. Maybe the circumstance isn't showing me something worth celebrating, but I already know. I already know the outcome of this. I remember years ago, this would have been, my goodness, over almost 30 years ago. And there was a season I was going through and just under, uh, you know, just a real attack and being younger in the things of, of faith and not really realizing some of the things and not having had the, the same experience I've passed through now. And I remember um, going to a piece of ground you know, just kind of out off by itself. And I was just out there walking and I was praying and I said to God, I I said, uh, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. And I know it's wrong. I know that I shouldn't be struggling, but I'm struggling. And God spoke to me and he said, I've already seen the end and you win. What's that? Well, there, the word tells us that he knows the end yeah. yes. from the beginning. Yes. Well, what's that mean? It means from the beginning, the end is, is already visible to him. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He authored the end. Yes. Yes. So he knows the victory is to be the end result of yes. every circumstance. Yes. Yes. And he knows that before the opposition ever shows up and he invites us to know yes. it too. Yes. And he said to me, I've already seen the end of your situation and you win. Now, I still had to hold to that win, not be duped, not be swayed. And I'll just say, no matter what you're facing, God knows the end. And the end he authored for that is victory. God did not author difficulty. He did not author tragedy or heartbreak or struggle for you, but he did author victory. And that's to be the outcome. If we will just stay with the word, we'll arrive at the outcome he authored. Amen. So that's why when we're faced many times at the beginning of an opposition or passing through some difficult times, uh, the renewed mind is not it doesn't have its sights on what's in front of it. Yeah. It has its sights on, wait, the victory, the victory. is the outcome yeah. of this yeah. situation. Yeah. So the renewed mind celebrates because of the victory it knows that it will arrive at. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. Um, if, we're, if we're entrenched in fear. Now listen, the opportunity to fear comes to everybody. I don't care who you are. But as we exercise 
our knowledge of the word and be doers of the word, we become more skillful yes. in the face of fear. We shut that door quicker. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. We quit letting it have a place of entrance. Right. And we shut that door quickly. But if anyone's entrenched in fear, anyone's entrenched in depression and grief and sorrow and worry, it's all an indication of something that we have a further privilege yeah. of getting re to renew our mind. Yes. 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 Take good. God up on that privilege yes. <laughs> that yes. he offers us. Yes. The areas we're struggling with mm -hmm. is telling us what arenas we need to renew, renew our mind yeah. in. If you struggle over the financial arena, now you pinpointed where to further renew your mind with what the word says. You know, if you're struggling in, in the financial arena, so to speak, and your mind is harassed and under the pressure of that, well, you don't need to be reading about, you know, the tribulation. <laughs> And about the beast yeah, and right. yeah. all of that. You need your, what you're struggling with is diagnosing yes. for you yes. the arena to fortify, yes. the arena to know something. Yes. So don't struggle. Don't, don't be, don't get off target right. and start paying attention to something that is not going to address and help you step past that yeah. struggle. Yes and walk in victory out of that struggle. Amen. Amen. The greatest defense against the devil is a renewed mind. When we know something, when we know the right thing. I was, several years ago, I was at home and I was just, I was spending time praying and there was somebody that came up on my heart, someone I knew. And I sensed in my heart what they were struggling with. And if God ever shares any of that knowledge that he has about someone with you, it's not so you can tell it. Right. It's so you can pray for them. Yes. Amen. So I took some time and prayed for them. Maybe about a month later, they were in one of my meetings. And the spirit of God said, minister to them. So I knew that the devil was... Uh, he was bombarding their mind and they, they were really, they were, if I could say this, they weren't making much headway uh -huh. against yeah. it. And he was, he was holding them down, yeah. troubling them mentally. Mm -hmm. And this person was so precious. You know, I called him up and I said, can I minister to you this? Oh, pastor, please, <laughs> please. <laughs> You know, because they were looking yes. for help. Yes. Thank God yes. that God yes. will bring us our help. Yes. And the thing I so appreciated, she showed up in church where her help could be ministered yes. to her in a greater way. Yes. Yeah. If she hadn't shown up, I couldn't have been able to help her the same. Um, and so she showed up in church and I said, can I help you? She said, oh, please, please help me. <laughs> help me. You know, she wasn't trying to be guarded. Right. and trying to act like everything in my life is in just yeah. in perfect order right. because she was, she's, she was, you know, a younger Christian. She's growing. She's learning just yeah. like the rest of yeah. us. And I, and I so appreciated the sincerity. She didn't care who was listening. Yeah. She didn't yeah. care who was watching. She was not trying to be guarded. Yeah. 
And she said, oh, pastor, please help me. Help me. I did not put my hands on her and pray for her because what she was facing was it was lingering because of what she didn't know. So the way to help her is not take authority for her in her situation because I can't do that without her permission anyway. Now, don't misunderstand me. She would have given me permission because I asked, can I help you? She was perfectly willing, but the lasting help is not for me to be skillful. The lasting help is to teach her how to be skillful. So I, uh, I took probably the next 10 minutes of the service. I did not share private information, things that I sensed that were troubling her because that didn't even need to be stated. She knew. So I'm giving her instructions that are not only helping her, but they're helping anybody who's facing with, who's being faced with something. But she stood there and I love because I would say something and she'd say, now tell me that again. You know, she's wanted to make sure she gets the handle on that. She was talking as though it was just me and her in the room and how precious it was that she was so open and so hungry. No wonder God moved in such a way to help her. If we're guarded, we shut him out. We shut out his help. But she, she didn't care who knew it. And, uh, you know, when you, when, when you, when you're drowning, you don't care who throws yeah. you the life ring right. <laughs> and you don't care who yeah. sees that life yeah. ring right. be thrown. Amen. And so, um, so I just took the next 10 minutes or so and talked to her and told her, you know, and, and I did not use her as an example. I used me. I said, there was a time when I was faced with such and such, and this is what I did. These are the steps I took. These are the words I said. These are the thoughts I held to. And she, oh, thank you, Pastor. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. And, and we're just sitting there talking back and forth. And if somebody would have said to me later, you know, you didn't help her because you didn't lay hands on her and pray for her. Well, if I would have done that without giving her knowledge. Right. Mm-hmm. What would have happened when she left that building and left my presence? That which troubled her would come back because ignorance always opens the door to the devil. The way to help her is give her knowledge. Give her knowledge. Give her her answer. Now, it's not wrong. It's not wrong to lay hands on people because really sometimes in... Uh, what's appropriate is give them knowledge, then lay hands on them. Because you help them walk free from that, but now you've given them knowledge how to stay free and not cooperate with that which opposes them. Amen. When somebody is not experiencing the victory they could or they should, it's due to a lack of knowledge. You remember God told his people that were delivered out of Egypt. He said, uh, I've given you a land. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. He had already given it to them. All they had to do was show up with their faith to possess what was already in their name on the title deed of heaven. (laughs) Right? 
It was already theirs. It had been signed over to them by the plan of God. They just had to show up. Um, But what happened? They didn't show up. The first generation did not show up. For 40 years, they didn't show up. The second generation said, we're done with this wilderness living. We're done living in proximity of abundance without partaking of it. Because God said it's a land that flows with milk and honey. While they were in the wilderness, they had provision for that day, but not abundance. They would gather manna for that day. But if they tried to gather for multiple days, the manna would rot. Why? There was only provision for that day. Why? Because outside of God's plan is not the abundance. But God in his faithfulness was taking care of them as far as they permitted him. But uh, this second generation said, we see abundance over there. This is where we want it. This is where we want to be. What did God tell Joshua? You see, Moses, quite what a man. What a man of God. And the people would not follow Mm -hmm. this man in. Wouldn't do it. And Joshua now is, after Moses has died, God puts Joshua in as the leader Mm -hmm. of of these people. You have to know just naturally thinking. Mm -hmm. Joshua could say, listen, he lived with Moses. He saw he saw the power yes. uh, that this man walked in. Yes. He saw the fellowship this man had with God. Yes. God said, I, Moses is not like any other man. I talked to him face to face. That's a place in God. Yes. Joshua saw that demonstrated. Yes. He could have easily looked at himself and said, if Moses couldn't get him in, what makes me think right. I could get him in? Yes. If they wouldn't follow Moses in, what makes them think they'll follow me in? Yes. But see, Joshua was dealing with a whole different generation. And God gave him the strategy and the help he needed because they had been out for 40 years out of the will of God, out of the plan of God, thinking wrong that whole generation. This second generation has been trained by a disobedient generation. The parents... Their parents were disobedient people. How are they going to teach obedience to God's voice and God's word? But it didn't have to take long for them to get in. And God gave Joshua the instruction of how to change a disobedient nation into an obedient nation. How to change an unbelieving nation into a believing nation. How did he do it? Joshua 1, 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth but you shall meditate therein day and night so that you may observe to do according to all that's written therein for then you shall make your way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. Notice this, give them the word and tell them, make it your thoughts and your words day and night. Meaning this, you can't, he's not saying you have to confess it 24 hours a day. He's saying it's your lifestyle. It's your lifestyle. Train your thoughts in line with what God says. Train your conversation in line with what God says. He's not talking about speaking in scripture and verse to everybody. He's talking about the truths of the word dominating your conversation. Yes. Yes. That's right. Amen. 
He's talking about those truths direct how you think. Those truths direct the words you say. So God told Joshua that the way he was going to get those people into the promised land, he's going to have to give them knowledge. The knowledge of what God said. And they were going to have to be saturated with that knowledge. They couldn't have a loose hold on the knowledge of God. They had to have a firm grip so that when they faced opposition, that that opposition was not able to take that knowledge from them, that that knowledge established them in what God said. Amen. Amen. So we see this when we realize that, wait a minute, victory is mine, but I'm not experiencing. Fortify the knowledge of God's word. Meditate on it. Meditation is such a key to doing the word. When you get full of something, it's easy for it to lead you. It's easy for it to propel you forward. Yeah. It's when you only have slight glimpses of it that you're uncertain in following it. But when you have a clear, strong view of it, you begin to see things that other people did not see. Amen. Amen. Take the time to sow that word. You say, Pastor Nancy, how do I meditate? What does it mean to meditate? It's not the world's definition of crossing your legs and holding out your fingers. And they, listen, they're doing all they know. It's just that um, they're trying naturally to arrive at a place that it takes the power of God to, to arrive at peace. <laughs> You know, you can, you can practice some against with some things of the natural man, but the, the meditation and the peace and the joy that flows from the word and you meditate on that, that comes from an inward force. Yes. The, we, we, in, we, it'll affect every arena of our life. Meditating means to mutter it, speak it to yourself. Talk it to yourself. Roll it around in your thought life. Think deeply into it. Don't think deeply into the problem. Think deeply into the answer, into what God says. You say, I'm still not quite sure what you mean by meditation. Yes, you know. If you've ever worried, that's meditation in the negative direction. Meditate in the direction of the word. Mull it over. You remember how you, if, if you would worry over something, it's like you dismantled that event. You would take it apart, look at every piece, every component. How can I get this paid? What can I do to earn money? What, what, and you're looking at it from every angle. That's what meditation of the word is. Look at it from every viewpoint of the word. Meditate, speak it, mutter it into your own life, into your own flow of your daily life. Uh, by doing that, you will come into a certainty that when opposition comes, oh, no, you don't. Why? Because you're full of that word that brings you into a knowledge of what's yours in Christ. And it gives you a firm hold, a firm hold. Meditating on the word will change your life. Amen. It'll keep you from meditating on the problem. It's a better place to look. It's the best place to look. And it's the victory place to look. Amen. Well, you don't want to miss next time. We're going to keep going. And uh, and until next time, uh, we always want to remind you this. Jesus is the healer. God bless you. 
To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Your life will be changed as you meditate on the revelations in this book, Visitations from God by Nancy Dufresne. Order your copy now at DufresneMinistries.org. We invite you to join us for our annual prayer conference here at World Harvest Church in Marietta, California, April 4th through the 6th. For more information, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.